Welcome to the Herd Storytelling Podcast. I'm Colette Burroughs-Rose. And I'm Caroline Dyer. And we create safe, fun and empowering spaces for people to tell their true stories out loud. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Herd Storytelling Podcast. Today, we have a beautiful story and interview with Emma. Emma recorded her story for us way back in 2020, actually mid-pandemic. And we wanted to put her story out this week because in the UK, we're celebrating Mothering Sunday. And whilst for many people, this is a time to get together with families and have joy, we know that this is not the case for everybody. Everybody has a different story when it comes to Mothering Sunday. So before we even leap into listening to her story, we just want to say that we're thinking of you. If you are a mother who's lost a child or a child who's lost their mother, for those who have difficult relationships and those who never had a mother, those who are mothering themselves and those who've chosen not to be mothers and for those who long to be. If any of those resonate with you, we want you to know that we are thinking of you. And now let's hear Emma's story. My mum and I used to love watching X Factor together. In particular, to hear what Simon Cowell would say about the act singing. Even if we didn't agree with him, he sort of has that magnetic pull where you just want to hear what he says, whether you agree or not. I wouldn't say that I'm the best singer. But I would say that my mum is definitely the biggest fan of my singing. I can definitely hold a tune and she would often call me up to demand that I would sing to her. Her particular favourites were Dido, Adele and Rihanna. So yes, she would actually request the songs that I would sing to her. It was often really funny, but sometimes it would get annoying because it was a bit ridiculous and it might be a bit inconvenient depending on where I was. I remember one particular occasion when I was actually mid-shopping in Sainsbury's and she wouldn't come off the phone until I'd sung the chorus of Dido's White Flag. So I had to abandon my shopping and go outside and do that for her, which of course I was happy to do, even though it was ridiculous and very inconvenient. She's actually the reason that I'm in this choir. And I remember the first rehearsal where we were rehearsing for a Christmas performance. And I thought of my mum the entire time with how much she loves my singing. It was an incredibly powerful experience singing with the other 30 people in the room. It had that real sense of community, which I think all choirs do. But this one in particular, as we have this shared unspoken bond. And I just remember feeling such pride that I wasn't just singing to my mum down the phone and I was actually part of something like this choir. And now those songs have taken on a different meaning because my mum isn't here to listen to them anymore. The choir that I'm in is the Missing People Choir. And I'm in that choir because my mum was missing for a month before we found her body. It was an unbelievably awful month, the waiting. And it was an incredibly isolating experience. So it's incredibly powerful to be part of a choir with other people who have experienced someone they love going missing. It's cathartic, emotional, and uplifting. And with my newfound family around me, we were doing something my mum would have absolutely loved to have seen. 
We're standing on a West End stage, about to sing in front of thousands, and also some pretty famous judges auditioning for Britain's Got Talent. And yep, that's right, Simon Cowell is there in front of us. And I really can't even begin to tell you how terrifying it was standing on that stage. I was so scared that I couldn't actually feel my legs. And the bright lights were just shining down on us. I don't actually know how I got through the performance. I don't remember singing at all. I just remember how I felt at the beginning and that sheer terror. And then I'll never, ever forget the feeling we got when we had the applause. That mixture of adrenaline rush of excitement and pride at what we'd achieved. Mixed with sorrow that my mum wasn't there to see it. And the only reason that I was there was because she wasn't. I know that she would have absolutely loved Simon Cowell's comments. And funnily enough, those are the only comments from the judges that I can remember. And I remember him saying to us when we explained about the choir and why we were doing what we were doing to raise awareness of the charity Missing People and also to raise awareness of people who were missing to maybe find some answers for some families who were desperately searching for answers. And I remember him saying to us, what a brilliant idea. And I know my mum would have agreed with that. I have listened to this story countless times and even though I know what's coming up when Emma says the line these songs have taken on a different meaning because my mum isn't here to listen to them anymore I get full body goosebumps and tears coming to my eyes um listening to this story every time just brings up so many emotions and we feel so grateful for Emma being so vulnerable to share her story with us and for joining us today to dig a bit deeper into it. So welcome Emma to the Her Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for having me. Emma, could you take us back to the time when you recorded the story for us and just share with us why you chose to share this particular story at that particular time? I think for me, I know that it is such a a powerful story. Just generally everything... um, that happened. Um, I know it's something that makes people very emotional. Obviously, it makes me emotional too. But I, I think I've known since it happened how, yeah, how powerful it is. But I think what was really interesting for me about what I put in that story and the way I told it was very different from how I talked about it before, because I don't think I'd ever framed it in the in the same in the same way. And I think because it is such, obviously, it is such a heavy subject and it's something that I've talked about a lot and obviously lived through so I've lived through those emotions but sometimes because it's so difficult it's like your body tries to protect you from what's happening so it's almost like it's not real and it's not happening to you and because it is such a heavy subject um an emotional thing but I'm someone who likes to make jokes and uses dark humor you know as a coping mechanism this felt like a nice balance in the middle because it was focusing on some of the the joys that I had with my mum as well, rather than just it being such a heavy thing, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, absolutely. The light and shade throughout the whole story is really reflective of finding lights in the darkest of times. And you you tell your story so well in such a moving way. I can really see that. It is that it's finding that light in in the darkest time. And I think that it's, yeah, it's really, it was, it was a nice, it was a nice way of telling that story. And it was a nice way for me to share what happened with my mum, because a lot of the times in the past when I've have talked about it, I haven't necessarily been able to tell it in that way. And I think because it is such a heavy subject, I worry that people won't understand how close we were and what a great relationship we had as well. So I think that that telling it that way helped me convey that as well, which is really important to me. That's really interesting what you say about wanting to really stress the importance of your your relationship that you had with your mum and your fun memories that you had together. I think that certainly when someone dies, people are often quite nervous to ask them about their loved one because they don't want to upset them. But we, we do want to talk about these people. They are important. They're not just what happened at the end. They're their whole colorful brilliant personality is is them it's not it's not their the way how they they died so i can totally see why it would be so important for you to want to share that with the world definitely i think you're and you're so right that we're not very good at talking about death and people get scared to ask questions which you know i do get it's very difficult to navigate and to know what the right thing to do is but what I found, you know, it's been 10 years now since she died. And what I found is that I do want to talk about her. And I don't always know how to bring her up because I know that people don't know what to say and it makes them feel uncomfortable. So it was just a really nice way to talk about her and share the memory of her. Yeah, absolutely. I can, And I think that sense of, of love and the closeness like, really, really comes through in, in the story. I think there's there's many elements of, of your story that, that really stand out to us and, and, and themes that, that seem to come through. I think a really powerful one was love, um, another isolation, and then I could really feel the connection as well. And I think love through, through song as well. I love that your mum made you sing for her. Uh, you know, she, she obviously enjoyed it like, so much. She demanded it. The, the Sainsbury's rendition of Dido's White Flag, brilliant. Just just love that, that visual. And then I think with connection, like that connection with the, the, the choir who you describe as your newfound family and with having like this really shared, deep, unspoken bond, which is obviously so, so important to you all. And then connections to those loved ones who you're miss who are missing, you know, through the Britain's Got Talent platform, and also connection to your mum, like we say, through through your singing. And that's how I think your story landed with me, with all of those themes and those messages that were coming through. But what did you hope the listener would actually take away with them on listening to your story? I think that first word that you used, love. I think that there was a lot of love between my mum and I, I think one of the things that I worry about is that people won't realise how much she loved me and because of what happened um, and the way it happened. You know, one of the questions that people sometimes ask me is, oh, were you close? As if they're kind of hoping that I wasn't, maybe it would make it a little bit easier. And, you know, and we were really, really close. So I, it's really important to me that everyone knows, you know, how much love there was between us, no matter what happened you know, that was never in any doubt. 
So that's really important. And then, yeah, I think it is just how you can, even in your darkest moments and even with the most tragic of circumstances, you can do something positive and that helps you have a bit of purpose. And it's not, it doesn't take away from the pain and it doesn't make it go away. But I think it is really cathartic to be able to find something to channel that energy into, which is what the choir was for me. And it was amazing to have that connection with singing, given how much my mum loved me to sing. And then, you know, to be around those people who there was so much love every time we sing together, there's just so much love in the room and it is unspoken, but you can feel it because we've all been through something similar. And so, yeah, it's just very powerful. And I hope that does come across. Absolutely. Sounds like a really beautiful thing and that coming together and that connection. And you speak so powerfully of the Missing People Choir, you know, it being cathartic and uplifting. Do you think there's something in the act of actually singing that makes it like more healing? And I'd be really interested to know whether you're still involved with the choir. Every song that the Missing People Choir sings has a purpose has a, there's a reason why we're singing it and it's connected to what we're trying to do whether it's talking about how important hope is and never losing that hope or whether it is talking about how much we miss that person yeah every single every single song is chosen by the choir with a specific reason because it resonates with us and has a message that we want to put put out there um and that's you know something really powerful as well um i'm actually uh, not in the choir anymore um since covid and that's only because, uh, as you know, doing everything online, it's not the same. And it wasn't the same in terms of singing together in the same room. Um, that's not to say that I wouldn't go back to the choir and I'm still in touch with everyone. And like I said, you know, in the story, we are a family. And so we're all connected and I think nothing can take that away from us. Particularly going through such a huge experience like Britain's Got Talent, we're bonded for life doing something like that. Yeah, I can well imagine. As we touched on earlier, for me, your story offers a, a glimpse of hope and light, which is something that's so desperately needed for people in their darkest times. And you speak so beautifully about the pride and sorrow you felt performing to raise awareness of the charity. But you also did it to help see if you could reconnect loved ones. So speaking to that, can you tell us what the impact was for the Missing People's Charity when you performed? I think it was, I mean, it was bigger than we could ever have imagined. I am someone who actually really loves watching reality TV, but I personally didn't want to do it uh, at first as I was terrified <laughs> about putting ourselves in front of such, um, you know, basically being judged because at that point, all of the performances we'd done were in front of people um, who were connected with the charity. So it was very safe. So this just felt like a completely, well, on a huge scale, um, so I was really scared and it was actually someone um, in the choir who said, you know, I would do anything to find my son. And I so I can, had to just put my fears aside and say, well, exactly, we have to do it. So that was it. And so I think we knew that it would get a lot of publicity for people who are missing and how important that was and, and for the charity as well. But I don't think we had any idea of the magnitude of that. You know, not not only having such a massive audience, seeing the the, the people who are missing and hearing about their stories, um, but it had a huge impact on the charity. 
in terms of raising awareness of the charity and raising lots of funds for them. But I think the most incredible thing, and it was more than we could have ever hoped for, was um, that they found uh, three people through the appeals and we connected them with their families, which, you know, that it, it blows my mind that something like that could happen, that we were able to do that and just having such a huge impact. And another amazing thing that came from it was actually someone who was missing at the time saw the performance and it made them get back in touch with their family. And we knew that happened because she wrote this incredible letter to us, thanking us for what we'd done. And then a few months later, I actually uh, met her at the carol service that the Missing People Charity won. Yeah, it was incredible. And we just hugged for about 10 minutes. So she just came up to me and just said, are you Emma from the Missing People Choir? And then she said who she was. And I think I just burst into tears at that point. Oh, Emma. I was almost crying then. I know, right? <laughs> That's incredible. It's so amazing what you said earlier about the fact that hope is that driving force, like beyond like the terror of stepping out, you know, in front of those those cameras. And and that is absolutely testament to why, because there was hope there. That's it's, it's a really beautiful, beautiful ending to that. I just wondered whether I could sort of jump back to something that we were we were talking about earlier. In that, you know, at, at the time you you were saying that you, it was really difficult to talk, to know how to talk to people, and to express what had happened and the impact, and how like shaping the story almost gave it like like a vehicle, like to be able to share with people. And I just wondered if you could just go into that a little bit as to how the act of shaping the story it can be helpful. It creates like a timeline and almost sort of like it it wraps the story. I just wondered whether you could you could delve into it. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually I'm actually really grateful to you both for giving me the the structure, you know, of the story and helping me think about how I was going to tell it. And I without your guidance with that, I wouldn't have told it in that way and I wouldn't have thought to tell it in that way. And I think I'm so used to going straight in with the really dark part of it, that it was really nice to be able to start at a different place. It actually made me smile a lot because it just made me think of those wonderful times with my mum and how, yeah, how proud she would be of me. So it was really helpful for me, I think, to to feel good about sharing the situation and not just focusing on the negative. I'd, I'd love to know why your mum loved your singing so much. What, what, what was it that, that, you know, just tell me a little bit about her. What did she, did, did she love music or was it your voice or what was it that, that she found so, so comforting about that? I'm smiling because I feel like I, there's no way of answering this question without sounding like I'm bigging myself up, but she just thought I had a good voice. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's nice. Thanks, mum. Um, and yeah, and I, like I said before, I like, I really like singing. And so I would sing a lot anyway. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that was it. She did like music a lot. And I think music was often quite a powerful tool for her to express herself. Um, particularly if she was having a difficult time. So it's probably those two things connected because she definitely had a very specific repertoire that she liked me to sing that just kept going round on a loop that <laughs> she'd want me to do. 
I love that. And there's something, I think when people are singing for you, there's something really intimate in that as well, isn't there? Something really beautifully connecting about that. If you're singing directly to her, for her, that's, that's a really beautiful thing. So we know that you've done huge amounts with the Missing People's Choir and the charity. And we'd love to know more about what else you've done in the last 10 years since your mum passed. I mean, mental health is something that's always been really um, important to me and being open about and, and championing. And obviously that's such a huge part of what happened with my mum. So my mum had bipolar and she had that for, for many, many years um, before she died. And then ultimately she did take her own life. Um, and that's how I was in the choir because she was missing for a month before we found her body. Um, so obviously there's lots of uh, things tied up in mental health and me wanting to make sure that that didn't happen to anyone else. Or how could I use the tragedy that happened to her and do some good? Um, and shortly after uh, we found her body, there's lots of lots of death admin. And one of them was to speak to, so she had an NHS mental health team that were looking after her and they had to do a review and it was all part of the inquest. And I just went to speak to them and said that I didn't blame them for anything, but I did think there were a few things that they could have done differently. So I wanted to share that with them in the hopes that they could not do that again and maybe learn from what happened with my mum. And I didn't think anything of it actually, but then they ended up asking me some follow-up questions and a few months down the line actually asked if I would deliver training to the NHS mental health teams essentially just sharing my story and talking about what happened with my mum and it was obviously a very different way of sharing that story than I have done for her but I think that it was also powerful because I told the story about what happened with my mum with the person who was in charge of her care at the time and I think that was powerful because a lot of the time when something so awful happens there is understandably a lot of anger and I think you know that people who work in mental health are scared of having that dialogue with the families because it's really difficult. And I think it was really powerful for us to talk about what happened and me not have any blame. Your positivity is radiating, Emma, seriously. I know so much about you from, obviously, Colette and I working with you before, but you're so inspiring. Seriously, thank you so much. So at Heard Storytelling, we make listening central to everything we do so that anybody who's shared a story knows that they've been heard and we actually have some people who have listened to your story and have sent in messages that they would like for you to hear so I'm just going to play them for you oh wow I uh, just listened to Emma's really lovely story about being in a choir um, and it really resonated with me actually because because I'm part of a choir it's something that I've kind of only done more recently but um yeah it's just kind of the stuff that Emma said about being part of something bigger than yourself about the kind of pride in performing um and the kind of adrenaline rush that you get from that um yeah really reflects my experience of being in a choir and just really amazing to hear her story in terms of what led her to be in that particular choir and and the kind of tragedy around that but that the really positive um, things that she's been able to get out of that really lovely story. And, and yeah, just wanted to share that. Thank you. So that was one message that we had from somebody. And we also have somebody else. You might recognize this voice. 
Hey, this is a message for Emma. I listened to your story and got full body goosebumps. What a wonderful, inspiring moment for you. And I know your mother is uh, looking down and is so proud. It's such a beautiful thing to see how life works in funny ways, isn't it? Um, the opportunities that you get from from grief and sorrow and how these things can turn into really positive, wonderful, joyous moments. I am so proud of you and really inspired, and I think it's just such a beautiful thing. Well done. I thought I was going to get to the end of this without crying. <laughs> it's just so nice. I don't know what to... I'm speechless now. So the person that recorded that second message for Emma is a good friend of hers, Libby, who... She was really present for you when you were doing Britain's Got Talent, wasn't she? She was a big part of your life when that all happened. Yeah, she was. And, and actually, it's it's another positive from what happened with my mum is that it, we've become good friends. We share a bond because of the tragic thing that happened. Um, and Libby didn't even meet my mum, but feels connected to her, um, which is a really powerful thing for me. That's so nice that you really leaned on her at that time. Were you, you were really close with her? Yeah, and I think it's just, I think, as I said before, it's one of those things where people don't know what to say a lot of the time, which I totally get. You know, even going through something like that, I still get it wrong and I don't always know what to say. You know, it is it is a difficult thing to navigate when someone's going through something so awful. But what I love about Libby and our friendship is that she often just, says that she feels my mum present and feels her around me even though she hasn't met her and it's just something so lovely and it's not usually something the kind of thing that she would say which makes it even more special I think um yeah it's really nice Emma thank you so much for recording your story for us for coming on this podcast for being so vulnerable and willing to share your story to I'm sure install so much hope in people listening to this podcast people who have heard you in the choir singing and for all of the amazing work that you do with the NHS as well is there anything you would like to particularly shout out at this point I think just checking out the missing people charity check out their website and support them where you can they're an incredible charity that have helped me and help a lot of other people Thank you so much, Emma. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Heard Storytelling Podcast. To discover more about what we do and how you can work with us, find us at Heard Storytelling or visit HeardStorytelling.com. This podcast is produced by Big Tent Media. If you've been moved by today's episode and would like to leave a message for the storyteller or for us, or maybe you even have an idea for a story you'd like to tell, then please do get in contact. There's a link in our show notes and you'll find them in the description of today's episode.